0: Hey there, this is Walter, part of the Beyond the Mask production team. And before today's episode, just want to drop you a quick note that a technical recording glitch led to today's episode being recorded on a less capable microphone. So you'll notice the overall sound quality is a little less than what you're used to hearing we apologize for that inconvenience and thank you for bearing with us. It's still going to be a great episode and we've done our best to clean things up to make it as clear as possible. So thanks again for your understanding. Now let's get to the episode. Today's episode of Beyond the Mask is presented by the insurance specialists at Bright Think Wealth Strategies. Find the disability insurance coverage that fits you best right now. Email Robert Smith at rsmithjr.com. At financialguide.com the show is also made possible by the team at crna financial planning get a free consultation today to be guided through the complexities of investing and financial planning just visit crnafinancialplanning.com we'd also like to thank helping hands and OSAEMR for their support of the show and don't forget listening to our podcast can earn you class b credits For more information on how you can submit them, check out the CE Credit tab on our website, beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in ten, nine, eight, seven. Sharon, good
1: morning. Well, good morning to you. Look yeah. at you all snazzy in your purple. You know I love
2: that shirt. And that purple, I know. Well you got on to me yesterday for you not know, wearing the pink tie when you had your suit on, so
1: We usually dress alike.
2: (laughs) That's kind of scary, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But your wife dressed you yesterday.
2: She did. She did. She picked out the time. Well, another great episode here coming from the Windy City.
1: It is. Annual
2: Congress together again. This is great to see everyone and be able to actually be in person. It's
1: amazing. Uh, I absolutely agree. And this is a very important topic. Yes. and especially given what the world in healthcare.
2: Yeah. Well, let's introduce our, our guest today, Matt Zinder. Welcome, Matt. Well, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We were just commenting on your you know your wonderful voice. So I think this is going to go really well, um, <laughs> Matt. Why don't you, you tell our listeners a little bit about you and and your podcast? You have your own podcast as well. So I
3: do have my own podcast. Well, thank you very much again for having me. Um, I come from Maryland. I have uh, my own anesthesia practice there in Maryland. It's uh, it's an ambulatory surgery center based practice uh, that was actually started by my father 38 years ago. No I'm oh. kidding. Yes. Yeah, so um,
1: that's an interesting tidbit. Well,
3: it gets a little more interesting. Uh, and then um, because he started it so far, you know, in the past, um, when legislation came out in the early 80s that CRNAs could bill for their own services it's from Medicare. My father left his chief CRNA position uh, at a Baltimore hospital and started Zinder Anesthesia Associates. My father is the first CRNA in the country to bill for his own services. Oh, wow. His Medicare ID number is NA01. What? <laughs> Oh, wow, we'll have to tell Sandy. We did a podcast on that because she was on
1: the AANA board, whatever, uh, all of the, uh, and she tells the back story on how we got third-party
3: reimbursement. Well, oh, great, yes. You know, I mean, he, he always kept a low profile, so no one knows him from the old-school <coughs> AANA. I mean, I really? actually have spoken to a few people at this meeting about him, but... I mentioned it yesterday during my talk, but yeah, that's, you know, but again, we've been around 38 years. I own it still to this day. Uh, we still do the same thing, single specialty surgeon in facilities. Uh, we haven't touched a hospital in 38 years. Uh, so, you know, that's, um, it's a nice life. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but then I've also switched gears a little bit uh, personally where um, I've started to do a few things that my father never did uh, because he was always very clinical and business oriented. Um, I've started, probably about 13 years ago to start uh getting into education so lecture circuit uh and working with universities and it started with business of anesthesia yeah. which back then about 13 years ago there's no such thing as a business of anesthesia talk right uh so sure. yeah so it started with university of maryland and then it expanded to some other universities um my alma mater was vcu virginia commonwealth university medical college of virginia so i did a few there. And then uh, I started to get into the professional conferences and then um, uh, started to get into the concept or the idea of provider wellness. Mm. Uh, and then that, of course, helped or led, led to the talks that I do as far as that's concerned. Uh, so that started probably about six or seven years ago. And as you might imagine, doing these different conferences, there was a lot of resistance to hearing those, t- those types yes. of talks uh and but then interestingly enough COVID hits and I guess if I could say that if we could pull any silver lining whatsoever from this experience we've gone through it has brought that idea to the forefront of uh needing to change that culture where we are taught in training to only take care of others and not ourselves right so there has been a higher demand for that subject uh and hopefully that means people are taking a little bit more notice to it but That's uh, basically me in a nutshell, unless you want to get into hobbies. (laughs) (laughs)
2: If we have time, we'll get there. (laughs) So we are going to be talking about provider wellness today. And, and, you know, really what that means, you're right. It took on a different connotation during COVID and after COVID. I mean, we've seen, you know, so many nurses and CRNAs who have gone through burnout. And this is a very important topic. And I, I think it's also made people realize that there is a place for provider taking care of themselves. Like you said before, you would have never been able to talk about that subject. Yeah. Yeah. So what made you interested in this topic per se? I mean here you are, you know, you're running your own business and uh, you know, was it something in you that said, hey, maybe I'm not doing it, um, or was it just looking out and saying the broader community needs this?
3: Well quite honestly started probably from Two sources, and one of which was um, I've always been the kind of person that has always been interested in trying new things, different things. You know, that's that's why I kind of made the joke about hobbies. I have many. Um, and one day, many many years ago, it was about I guess it was probably about 13 or 14 years ago. Um, looking through the bulletin at different where do I go for points, uh, yep. for credits, and there was a week long certification in hypnosis.
1: Oh course, yeah! Uh, oh gosh, what's Ron his Ron Esslinger,
3: yep. former wow. CRNA, um, and amazing experience became certified hypnotherapist. So
1: my my Linda Williams, yes, uh, my mentor. That's does. how I met her.
3: <laughs> I met her yeah. at the International Hypnosis Convention. Yes. And I was introduced to her by Ron. Wow! wow. Yes, um, they're good friends. Yes. So that one, you know, just one arm of that, and then on the other side, it it came from self preservation. So not only are we in a pretty stressful profession, I'm also running a practice, which is sometimes more stressful. Right. And I started to get sick. I started to feel it physically and knowing some of the background I already had. And then I had already been in education at this point uh, and doing the lecture circuit, things like that, started to do a lot of research on the subject and applying some of the things that I was already teaching to myself. And I felt instant results. And then I really jumped with both feet into the subject and started teaching it and creating talks and things like that. So, I mean, you know, at the risk of sounding selfish, it was it started really with self-preservation. What Yeah. is it?
1: You got to put the mask on yourself before you put it on to others. That's exactly right. And
3: that's that's where I'm really going with it these days is if you take care of yourself first, you will be a more effective provider for others. And we're not told that and I think that's true in so many walks of life. I mean,
2: we we see this all the time with the folks who do burnout in in every avenue of life. And the reason I asked the question the way I did is what I find on on the show is most of the people who are coming up with ideas or doing things like this have absolutely gone through it themselves, which made them interested in it and now they want to teach others about how to do it. Yeah. And that's that's your story as well. So so you said you you started doing some things. What what strategies did you start to do? You mentioned hypnosis.
3: Do you use that in in wellness? Or? I do. Okay. I do. I, I can tell you that um, from a personal standpoint, uh, there was one day and that I remember like it was yesterday, that probably changed my whole ideology on it on, on the actual techniques and things. Mm-hmm. It was a terrible day at work. It was combined with a terrible day with the practice administratively. I was feeling fairly miserable <laughs> in that day came home, pulled into my driveway and didn't get out of my car. I pulled up an app that I just happened to have. It was called aura. And this app gives one free three minute guided meditation a day. If you don't pay for it, that, I hadn't paid for it because I hadn't done anything like that. So I was just like, you know what? So I just did the three minute meditation uh, and I felt instant results. And then I started to do it daily. And as I started to get a little bit of time under my belt of doing a daily guided meditation, uh, I noticed that like, as an example, there, there was one particular practice that the, uh, you know, for being politically correct, the the, the surgeon owner was not such a nice guy (laughs) gave us a lot of trouble administratively and in the OR and something typical happened that would have sent me, into a full-on sympathetic response. Yeah. But I had had a few of these guided meditations under my belt. I had been doing it for a little while. And one of those events happened, and I felt no physical response. Wow. And, and it, to the point where it struck me like, whoa, this is interesting. And hmm. then, again, I was I was sold. It,
2: you know, it's interesting that you've had that. You know, I've, I've been wanting to do, is it transcendental, transcendental? Transcendental meditation. Meditation, yes, And um, you know, started doing a little bit of it, but you know, it's like I haven't found my rhythm with it. I mean, you know, everybody talks about meditation, how great it is for you, Um, but it's interesting that you did this one and then you're like hooked. Um, To me, it's almost like a time thing. I just don't take the time to do it, Um, and and it's like anything else. We all know that working out and eating right and doing the things, but you've got to work that time into your schedule to be able to do it. Um, and, And that's that's another point of this is how do you make the time in today's environment with all the stressors and everything going on to take care of yourself? I mean, how do you, how did you, you know, busy, busy guy who's got lots of hobbies and you've got uh, this business you're running, you know, you're given anesthesia, I'm sure. And now you're, 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 doing a podcast, you're doing all these things. How do you, how do you take the time?
3: It's not make the time it's take it. How did you decide I'm going to do this? So I'll speak first directly to what you just said about transcendental meditation and I totally agree with you. I am also trained in transcendental meditation. Okay. They want you doing 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night. Right. That's hard. I don't have time for oh that. My God. I don't have time for that. I would encourage you to research mindfulness meditation. Okay. Uh mindfulness meditation, 1 minute. If really? you actively meditate 1 minute, you've meditated that day. Right. Really? Now, I generally recommend between 5 and 15 minutes a day, but one minute. Hmm. There's no excuse for not giving yeah. yourself one minute. Is no. that what's on the Apple Watch that I just, I, I just dismiss it whenever it pops <laughs> right. up on my watch about that, this meditation? Well, it might be one of those deals where they say, uh, be present for this moment. And that, that's powerful, too. Mm-hmm. It not pops up enough. with a little flower
1: on my watch, and I just hit dismiss
3: <laughs> every single time. Well, give yourself a moment next time
1: and see how... I think I will. <laughs> I'm going go, Matthew.
2: And I'm not going <laughs> yeah. You know, and I just find it really hard. I mean, you know, like all of us type age, you know, you're always sitting in a moment, but you're thinking about all the 30 other things you've got to do ahead of you and what just happened behind you. And so many times I catch myself, even with my kids, I have to manually say, they don't understand that you're thinking about 20 other things. Yeah. You need to focus on that kid right now because right. they're going to pick up on that. Yeah. yeah. And there's times I'm talking to people and I'm looking at you, but I'm thinking about 20 other things and I have to manually take my brain and say, stop it and listen to this person. What they're saying is important. And that's
3: something that mindfulness trains you to do.
1: Hmm. Let Um, let me ask you, Jeremy, because, you know, you've got a child from a previous marriage who's grown. Right. And now you've got children that are very young. Do Do you find that you are a better parent now? With Landon and Holland than you were with
2: Lauren. Well, it, you know. It's I mean, inter-
1: I know you're a good dad.
2: Yeah, it? no, it's, it's interesting. I mean, and Lauren and I have some conversations around this. And um, I don't want to get too far off topic, but we do have some conversations around it, you know, because there's a part of me that has guilt, one, because we went through divorce, and two, that I was working so hard to build my business. I didn't really focus on her. Even though it was just us, most of the time I could focus but I had so much going on and building the business that it wasn't quality time. So we talk about this and I, I tell her, I'm like, you know, uh, you know, Holland and Landon are never going to have the experience together that, that me and you have. We have a, we have a bond together because of what we went through together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's parts of her that, that feels a little, I'm not going to say jealous, but, 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 but a lesser term than that of, 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 you know our kids, Holland and Landon, because they they have a different experience with me. Mm-hmm. They have a different experience, and that you know Sarah and I stay together, and you know hopefully, and um and I, and I think you know that part of it, yes, I, I think that there's a, a difference there. And but back to your question, I feel like yes, I am because one, I'm at a different point in my life, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we're not trying to grow our business. We always are, but you know, it's a different feel now with the kids and I know how quickly Lauren has grown up
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and it makes me think, um, you know, I can make these extra four or five calls and do this thing at four o'clock on a Thursday, but my kids have uh, a game tonight and I need to get my butt out of here because they're only going to be little for another, well, Holland's nine. I mean, you know, five or six years, and they're not going to hang out with that anymore, you know.
1: Well, oh, that's going to happen for five years for that little girl. Oh, yeah, she's a little <laughs> sassy pants. So,
2: but you know, I mean, and, and yes, to your point, yes, absolutely. So, sorry, I'm going to digress because we, we get off on these <laughs> tangents. So, but I mean, these are all things that you're talking about as well. Yeah.
0: Have you thought about what would happen if you weren't able to work for two or three years? You know, on average, 25% of people will file a disability claim. And most of us aren't prepared for that loss of income. Every CRNA needs to protect their biggest asset, yourself, and your ability to earn with a disability insurance policy. We recommend contacting Robert Smith, a master disability insurance specialist with more than 30 years of experience and 1,800 CRNA clients, to find the coverage that fits you best. The best way to do that is to send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com or call him at 504-394-6557.
1: Talk about the Provider Wellness Symposium and a and involvement with that and your involvement with that.
0: So I'm the
3: co-founder of the event uh, oh. along, I'm sure you've heard the name, Rodrigo Garcia. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's Rodrigo. very good friend of mine. Oh. Um, and it was interesting during like the shutdown and the height of COVID before the vaccines, when everybody's kind of freaking out a little bit, a and a reached out to me to say, Hey, can you do a, a, a webinar on, you know, some strategies and wellness and things like that. Uh, and they said, we want you to do it with this, this gentleman that we, that we also work with. And I was like, sure, that's great. And here's his phone number. we will just, you guys coordinate it and we'll, we'll put it on this particular date. So I call, uh, I call Rigo, and the first time we were on the phone together was a three-hour conversation. We're yeah. instant friends, and we've been very close ever since. A little bit further down the road, I mentioned to him an idea that I've had for years, and that was to put on as large of an event as possible, a national meeting size like this, and the entire theme of the, of, of the whole event is provider wellness, provider self-care, changing that culture of taking care of ourselves first so we can take care of others. So putting on a wellness conference for healthcare providers. And he said, I'm oh, in, and we've been planning it for the last two years. Uh, and uh, it, and, and then with the people that we knew at AANA, they were also very interested. So they actually partnered with us uh, to, to get the the event up and running. Now it does span medical specialties. But uh, AANA specifically really uh, supported us and, and, like I said, became a partner. So we've been talking about it throughout this whole meeting. Uh, I mentioned it during my talk yesterday. And uh, the same for, uh, for Rigo. He mentioned it as well. And we've been getting just great support from AANA on it. So uh, this year will be the first year, it's the first weekend in the, of uh, November in, uh, in Austin. And uh, it's at the Lost Pines Resort in Austin, Texas. So we have Hmm. high hopes for it. And and everybody we talk to about it just says, well, that's just a great idea.
1: Do you have a website or how do people know about it?
3: ProviderSymposium.com. And one thing I can tell you about it is and it's a unique event. So uh, it is an an event that's similar to this where it is filled. You know, we're working on creating an exhibit, but geared for wellness. So Mm -hmm. almost like a wellness expo. Uh, We have a main room and three breakout rooms of experts talking. You're doing lectures on wellness, but this is where it gets really interesting. Go in the morning, hear the lectures, go away for lunch, come back, total switch of gears. The rooms are now experiences. So in the morning, you heard a lecture on meditation. Now you're going to go to a room and and, and meditate. You're going to be in a a lead meditation. Hmm. So one room meditation one room uh, breath work, one room hypnosis, one room yoga. Um, we even have a, a Wim Hof method instructor coming. He's going to do ice plunges. Oh, <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> I mean, you know, I, I mean, I the, the list is endless. I mean, we have a, a music therapy teacher coming to teach a Native American flute. I mean, just amazing hmm. program. Uh, we made it on a weekend. So it would be easy for people to make it, you know, not having to take off work or vacation time. We also, for a a fraction of what one would usually pay, got 16 and a half credits for for nurses, you know, uh, advanced practice nurses, CRNAs, NPs. And then we also got AMA credits as well for physicians. So...
1: Wow, somebody
3: to, did a lot of work for that, just that piece of it. It's
1: been, it's been a lot of work. <laughs> <But> ah, <laughs> so I'm talking to the one who did the work. <laughs> I can feel your pain there. Been,
3: we've had some great support. I mean, just some great support. People have been very interested in it. So. But I would say that the one issue is we as healthcare providers are procrastinators when it comes to hitting a register button. Yeah. So (laughs) it'll be the
1: very last moment. They're all like like that. I'm
3: guilty of it, too. I mean, when I went to Meteor, I signed up the night before. (laughs) Well, you know,
1: used to our name badges would tell you. Oh, in the corner when you signed up, Uh-oh. you were assigned a number, um, and I was always one of the first ones. But it was because I, I derived joy from seeing that now yeah. they don't do it on here. I think it would make it competitive again that's if right I, right. I could come up and I'd go, Oh, you're 1499. <laughs> I mean, we could have a lot of fun um, with that. We used to,
3: that's right. Yeah, it definitely would be more uh, of a comfort if more people, right? sure, sure. sure. But uh, but yeah, we still. I mean, we have high hopes for it. We really do. So you mentioned some
2: of the things you're going to do at a conference. You know, what strategies you know outside of meditation, as we've talked about, do you do you recommend to kind of change and change the culture?
3: Well, changing the culture is a big nut to crack. Um, because it takes 10 years. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, and it's it's something I've kind of made a personal mission. Uh, but it is, I'm actually trying, and trying is a big word here. I'm trying to write a book on the subject. Hmm. Um, because it is a culture, I mean, it, and from as far back as you can, as we can remember in healthcare that we are not allowed to apply this information to ourselves. Uh, and so what I try to do is discuss doing it from the top down. I think, I think every large institution needs a chief wellness officer starting with that. So starting with the top down with institutional support, yep. making it okay. But then we also need to start from the bottom up, meaning each individual provider should be engaged in healthy activities. If you take care of yourself first, you're a more effective provider. <coughs> so things, meditation is one of the main things I do push. Okay. Um, the app that I actually do recommend, I have no affiliation, no monetary, anything with them other than use, is called Insight Timer. Now, the good thing about Insight Timer, one of the good things is that it's free. So that's obviously a good thing. Uh, And second, it quite literally has over 140,000 free guided meditations on. So you can literally put anything you want to work on into a search bar and something relevant is going to come up for you to to work
1: on. Say the name of it one more
3: time. Insight Timer.
1: Insight
3: uh, yeah. And, is that yeah. and of course the other ones headspace calm i mean there's right. some very it popular lives, you know <laughs> but but those are those are two very good ones because the 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 production value is very high on them as far as the guided meditations but so meditation i think is huge but then you know the simple things that we know we have to eat right right have to have good nutrition we need to we are we are animals that need movement right and I always talk, you know, during uh, my stress management lecture about exercise, it's only one slide because it's cliche. Right. But I have to say, it's like we, and I'm not saying, and I, and I always tell people, I'm not telling you to go get on a treadmill for three hours. If you, right. if you never do that, I'm not telling you to get on for five minutes. If you never do that, go for a walk. There's right. research that shows not only does that walk assist you, but getting outside and breathing fresh air will assist mental health. Right. Um, and forward motion that's the whole basis of EMDR uh, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing it's about forward they call it a forward flow when you see the world passing by your eyes and your eyes your your um, your brain is recognizing the world moving past you in other words you're in a forward motion it actually is a power powerful suppressor of your amygdala which activates the sympathetic nervous system so all of these things, very small acts that we know to do, yeah, would make huge difference.
2: Yeah. Make a huge difference. But you hit the nail on the head. And, and this is something that, that I struggle with personally and Sharon, I think you do too to a little extent. You know, we know what we should do. Yeah. But you know, what I've always found is When I get away from, uh, you know, the guy that I work out with as a trainer and I've worked out with him for a while, you know, COVID threw us off and then, you know, but starting back and getting back there is really tough. We know what we should do, but all of us kind of need some impetus, some person, something to say, and yours, it sounded like when you were sitting in your car having a rough day, Mm -hmm. that was your impetus. We all have an impetus. What do you recommend for that? Do you recommend people talk to folks like yourself? Do you recommend you know coaching and you know how do you get started? You know you're you're sitting in this and you look and you go, man, I'm listening to this podcast and this is all me. You know I'm you know, stressed out. I have no time. You know nothing is seems to be going my way. You know
3: how do they get help? So there are many angles that we could go on this. Uh, first of all, start small. Always start small. If you go in to doing anything big, it's not gonna last. Right. So there's a great story that I actually tell during one of my lectures where there was an, a gentleman who was literally 400 pounds, obviously needed to make a change in his life and decided I'm gonna join a gym. But he goes to this gym or he makes a decision, I'm gonna go to this gym seven days a week. So already, already you're thinking, all right, this is yeah. gonna be a failure, right? <laughs> but what did he do? He went seven days a week and went for five minutes. Every day he went, he changed, he got on the treadmill, five minutes, got off, changed and left for seven days a week. So what was he doing there? He was showing up. We are very habit driven organisms. If we create a habit first, then that habit will expand, especially if it's healthy. We are also pleasure driven organisms. If we start to feel better just from those small movements, we're going to expand that to feel better and better and better. So start small. Um, And then here's the controversial part. (laughs) I'm going to use a dirty word. Uh, I believe that eventually we should learn from the aviation community and we should mandate health in healthcare providers. You are not going to get on to an airplane where the pilot in that cockpit was not mandated to take care of themselves. It is called a first class medical and it is hard to pass. And if you don't pass the first class medical, you are not a pilot. That is a mandate. It is a mandate of good health. Why? Because life is other at stake. Life in your hands. What other profession is life at stake? Hmm. So I, I, you know, so eventually down the road, <clears throat> it should be a, an expectation that we wow. take care of ourselves. I know, big nut to crack, wow. but uh, it's, I think it's important because just think about it. You go into work with the flu. We've all done it. How how effective of a provider are you? You have to feel good to be an effective provider. So that means we need to take care of ourselves.
0: Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com.
1: Okay. so. What about student wellness? I'm sure they got, they're under a lot of stresses.
3: Yes. So especially now. So I've, I've been, I'm involved with a few things. I, you know, I'm adjunct professor at three different universities. Um, but one, one program in particular that I'm involved with uh, is uh, with Dr. Peter Struby. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he works with students who are trying to pass the C exam and the board exam, or just trying to make it through their program. And he had the wherewithal, and we've been friends for many years from the lecture circuit. And he had the wherewithal to say, "Well, they need some assistance, tutoring for the didactic, the you know, the clinical, uh, you know, clinical or whatever, um, the academic. But these people also need to work on their wellness, their stress management, things like that." And brought me in, and I work directly with them one-on-one uh, to teach them techniques to maintain stress management. Hmm. Uh, We've been doing it a few years now. We're almost up to 400 students and we've had great great success. And I mean, you know, people that have failed the boards two, three, four, five, six times. It's because they're getting in the way of themselves. So student wellness is huge right now because the other problem is the current state of affairs, which is there are students starting the CRNA program, which we all know is incredibly intense. Mm -hmm. They're coming in from COVID ICUs, they're already stressed out. They're already uh, burnt out. Yeah. Some of them already have PTSD. Ooh, I didn't <laughs>
1: even think about that.
3: It's a serious problem uh, that the, the the programs are noticing now in the present moment. So it has to be addressed. It has to be addressed in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's wellness programs or or uh, whatever it is, we have to change the mentality of of teaching the opposite. We have to we have to create. Uh, supportive systems for these people to be able to just get to the program. Right. Because it's the only answer right now to the shortage. I can tell you. Now, is that why you spoke on PTSD at the AMA conference? Well, not so much from student wellness. Cause actually I've been doing that talk for probably about five or six years. Some okay. iteration of it. Okay. They always are updating our talks, but um, honestly I started that PTSD talk because my father, uh, actually, unfortunately, at the bookend of his great career was a critical incident in the operating room, and he got PTSD from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was my introduction to wow. There is a possibility that we, as healthcare providers, could, could get PTSD. I thought that was only for frontline right. soldiers, right? Uh, or EMS or police. Now that really opened my eyes. That and and. He was also, he's also an example I use in my talk of someone who did not seek assistance. And I did an interview and, you know, for those who saw the, the talk, he was just, you know, he exuded pain over talking about it. And the interview was seven years after the event. Wow. And he finally got help, the proper help, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. He finally got that 13 years after the event and his nightmares went away almost immediately. It's definitive. But people just, you know, there's a stigma attached to psychological assistance, unfortunately. Absolutely. So, and that's another thing I'm kind of working on, <laughs> you know, picking on these big uh, projects. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's where that talk came from. Okay. Um, because the the mention of the student issue, and I think it is an issue, is absolute present day. Yeah. So, because uh, a lot of people write, I mean, I wasn't thinking of that. I, I learned that through a, an email string at a university that I'm involved with i thinking, wow, these are these are COVID ICU nurses starting. So and I never thought about just it. Just an incredible, yeah. hard program. So we have to look at that. We really have to give them support.
1: Well, we interviewed Erin Martin, who is a director at the Mayo, and she brought up something that I had never really thought about. They think that these kids who were in the programs during COVID will be some of the uh, CRNAs don't like change. Right. That these kids had to had to deal with change every single day. And so that is going to equip them mm-hmm. better than say my generation was equipped to adapt to all the change. Because it changed every day for them whenever yeah. they were students.
3: They went through a very difficult and very different program.
1: So it you know, there's there's a silver lining. Uh, to some
3: of it we have to pull some of those out of us we have to yeah for you're our, right for our own mental health you're yeah, right. that's true
2: well, as we kind of wrap up so tell us real quickly about your other hobbies. so uh, you, you got my my interest up so i mean i'm hearing all these things you're doing i'm trying to figure out you know he's got the same 24 hours
1: yeah, how, how do you do, do that?
2: <laughs> must be the meditation. The, the one minute, man. We're going
1: to meditate I know, right? once we finish
3: here. <laughs> well, I have to admit, unfortunately, because of all these things, the, the hobbies are the first to go to 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 of off for it, because there. I've always been a person that just loves to do other things, you know, but, you know, that's beekeeping, uh, flying, you know, I, I, anything. I used to do a lot of like triathlons. I used to love the oh, exercise yeah. aspect of, you know, hobby aspect of exercise. Now
1: that's a commitment.
3: Yeah, I haven't done one of those in a while, but yeah, I mean, I just love to try different things. I mean, you know, anything that like I do, a, um, a bit of art, like three dimensional, like wire art and, and <laughs> sculpture, you know, because my background actually is arts. Um, I was oh. not training to go into medicine immediately in college. I'm actually, uh, I've got two years of photojournalism training under my belt oh. before switching to, to medicine. I uh, just didn't want to live the feast or famine lifestyle. It uh, yeah. took me two years to figure that out. <laughs> and a couple years from my father. <laughs> At least you did. <laughs> only <two> years, right. <laughs> right. Um, so I have a lot of the art background. So I kind of do that as a hobby. And things see. like that. So, yeah, just all kinds of, you know, I try to make it very diverse. I like to try different things. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, keeps the blood pumping. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Well, I always tell my retiree clients, when you're they're getting ready to retire, you know, you, you've been this kind of cream of the crop and the nursing industry. And, you know, you've kind of risen to a certain standard and you hold people's lives in your hand every mm-hmm. single day. And the ones that I see really struggle are the ones that their identity was wrapped up in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have friends, but most of their friends have to do with the CRNA community. And Why do
1: you keep looking <laughs> at
2: me? <laughs> no reason. But they, they, they don't have a lot of outside things outside of that. You know, what's next? What am I going to right. do? Because I live, I lost my identity.
3: You're describing my father
2: right now. Well, they struggle for, yeah. you, you know, several years. I mean, it, usually I tell folks, you've you got if you're like that, it's going to take you two to three years to figure out who you are. again. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, you're not working. So no money's coming in. So now you're having to spend the money that you've saved all these years. So it's a double whammy. I mean, you know, I was telling my, my father-in-law the other day, quasi that now. I said, you need to have a plan on what's next. Now and I think he'll be fine. My mother in law, she's a workaholic. I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna work. Yeah. I said, I'm not worried about you, I'm worried about her. Um but
1: he has to be half psychologist.
2: <laughs> I mean you really do when you're dealing with people's money and yeah. lives like that. But yeah, it's it's very interesting. All right. Anything you want to conclude on to, to the audience as we kind of wrap here?
3: Well, I appreciate that. I mean, really, please hit that register button for the Provider Wellness Symposium. Again, providersymposium.com. Uh, it, it's, it's an important event uh, and I hope to see people there um, and fill up the room. And then again, if, if anybody has any questions for me or any follow up or any needs, need any assistance, I'm, I'm there for students, I'm there for providers. Uh, they can email me at zinderllc at gmail.com. And that okay. includes the student one-on-one program if anybody has any interest, any interest in that. And, yeah, you know, I mean, I appreciate this opportunity. Absolutely. And we'll put a
2: link to that in the show notes as Great. well. So Goodness,
1: between listening to y'all with this, <laughs> like this, my heart rate Wait, what has you right slowed now? down. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably, uh, um, I don't mean this bad, but, I mean, I could always take a nap. Just the voices.
3: Yeah, you have to preface that, Boyer. This was such an interesting conversation. It was, but I mean, you know, there's
1: something to the voice
3: thing. Yeah,
1: I don't clearly. I don't.
2: We we didn't even hit on the hypnosis part. I mean, maybe we can have another conversation about hypnosis.
1: But I think that I slept through it. I mean, I mean, I do because they would do all this Uh. stuff, and um, I don't remember.
3: Yeah. Well, the unfortunate thing about hypnosis is the stigma that's attached to it. That's the first yeah. thing I usually go over when I talk about it because it's incredibly effective, and you're only creating your own outcomes. Nobody's making hmm. you do anything. You're you're creating your own outcomes. I can give you you know so many examples. It's too bad we don't have enough three hours to talk yeah, about. Yeah, right. Stuff, but, um, but yeah, it's incredibly effective. I highly recommend it. Well, it sounds like we're going to have to have him back. Yeah, I'd love
2: to do that. We'd <laughs> so. happy to appreciate it, Matt. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for all you're doing for the CRNA community and the medical community in general. I mean, this this is stuff that needs to be talked about. Needs to be brought to the forefront, and you're you're doing exactly that. So, thank you. Well, thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, sure correct i think so we want to thank our listeners to listening to beyond the match with jeremy stanley and
1: Peeps.
2: they like our show sharon they want to help us grow how can they do that
1: well the best way to help us grow is to leave us a review but make it Oh, you almost well,
2: said it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We all know there's enough negativity in this world, for sure. So
1: We're in the top 50 medical podcasts in the country on our way to number...
2: Number one, we hope. And we're already number one in the CRNA community. We're very thankful for our listeners for that.
1: Absolutely.
2: Until next time.
1: It's a wrap.
0: As a CRNA, you spend years preparing yourself for this career, so we don't want to see you lose out on any of the income you've worked so hard to earn. The best way to protect yourself and give you the confidence that a major life event won't disrupt your financial future is through disability insurance. We've known disability income specialist Robert Smith for many years and have seen the work he's done with nearly 2,000 CRNAs over multiple decades. He can help identify any gaps in your existing coverage and fill those gaps by finding the best value on a policy. Contact Robert and let him know you heard about him on our podcast. Send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com or call him at 504-394-6557. Protect your greatest asset as a CRNA, yourself and your ability to earn a living by adding disability insurance to your financial plan. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families.